Aloha. Welcome to the Jeff Rambo Show, a special edition. This is after championship Sunday. As a matter of fact, it's Monday post-championship Sunday. We got a lot to chop up, and I'm joined as ever by my man from the Emerald Isle, Michael McQuaid of Pro Football Ireland and Gridiron Magazine and the Gridiron Network. Michael, welcome to the show. As we say over here, Jeff, Kajay, Kajay, Kajay Martatsu, how are you, my friend? Um, wait, 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 mean, I got to get, whoa, whoa, slow down now. I got to get that because I'm going to be in Ireland Thursday and Friday. Kajay, Kajay, is that how Kajay I say Kajay Martatsu. Kajay Martatsu. And then I say Tamagamoy, I am good. Awesome. Well, Kajay Taramatu. I got to remember And in, in Belfast, you say, what about ye? <laughs> that's what you say in Belfast uh, here hey, in all uh, seriousness what, what, do you man, think, um, what, what do you think the over and under is on me screwing up whether I'm in the Republic of Ireland whether I'm in what I mean you know I'm going to mess that up I, I, know, I, I, I love how the, you're publicly I, 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 I genuinely love how you're publicly it. addressing this on this podcast for just to start off with um, I actually said this off camera to somebody. I think you should open that up. I think you should open up Belfast and Thursday night joking about that because I think people find it really funny. Genuinely. Yeah, but yeah, I don't want to get <laughs> shot. Come on. Now. Oh, well, I wouldn't say that, but yes, something along those lines would, would be Remember, the crack. Hey, um, I think you know, I saw that movie Belfast. I want you to know that. I'm actually, I, I'm really, I, I, I really... haven't seen it. I have to say, Jeff, if we're going to go into football talk and stuff, I watched the um, the Banshees of Inisherin at the weekend. Lovely, lovely movie with uh, Colin Farrell, and uh, <laughs> I know it's got nothing to do with Championship Weekend, but it it was a nice relaxing thing to watch um, on Saturday. I've never seen the Belfast movie. I will say this: there are a lot of people in Belfast and Dublin that are very, very excited for Thursday and Friday. I'm getting people messaging me flat out. It's really, really excited to meet you and and obviously Richard Graves is going to be there as well. Um, and there's no tickets. Don't ask. There's none left. Yeah. It's amazing, man. We we sold those two venues out in less than 24 hours. And, you know, I think that's a not a credit to us. It's a credit to certainly the the appetite for NFL football in those two great Irish cities. And we're looking forward to doing it. But let's talk about a couple of things uh, out of the weekend. Obviously, a huge weekend for the city of brotherly love, the Philadelphia Eagles fly, Eagles fly are headed to Phoenix for the Super Bowl. They'll represent the national football conference. And in the American football conference, the uh, trophy for the champion of the AFC, the uh, hunt trophy uh, named after Mr. Hunt, the owner, longtime owner of the Kansas city chiefs was presented to his son, Clark, who I met when I was working in Kansas City, a really, really nice guy. They're Dallas family, SMU people. And, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Hunt was a huge factor in the American Football League and then the creation of the merger between the AFL and the NFL back in the day. And certainly it's great to see them uh, going to, to Phoenix. The Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles are going to be a great Super Bowl. We'll be out there. Both of us are heading out that way. Next week, Mike, I just got to, there's a couple things I can't get out of my brain about this weekend. I just really thought that the 49ers were going to win. I, I had them pro projected for the last two months as my Super Bowl team. And then I turned coat and went with the Eagles. 
during the week. And I can't even tell you, you know, I can't even really give you other than maybe the, the, the strength of the Eagles on the offensive and defensive lines. I kind of switched allegiances and went to the Eagles and they pounded San Francisco. And I really felt sorry for San Francisco, for their fans, for their players, for their coaches, you know, uh, Hassan Reddick, you know, a game-changing player and a guy that can wreck a game, did what he can do, and he sacks, you know, the Purdy, and all of a sudden Purdy hyperextends his elbow and or hyperflexes his elbow, and the next thing you know, it's Josh Johnson, and then Josh Johnson goes out with a concussion, and now we're looking at, you know, Purdy coming in and handing it off and McCaffrey trying to pretend like he was a quarterback. I mean, it was bad. And the game was over, really, as soon as Josh Johnson was out. I, I just – I think the NFL's got to look at this thing with dressing a third quarterback, and especially when you consider how much punishment these guys take and in the systems that are being run now, the quarterbacks are getting hit more than they ever had, have, you know, with all the RPO stuff and the quarterback runs and all that. Those aren't a big part of the Frisco's repertoire, but it was really frustrating for me. And I have a – this is a personal – thing I have Mike about tight ends trying to block defensive ends in the protection game and we saw it happen with the ball or the excuse me the play that Purdy got hurt on they had uh, Tyler Croft the backup tight end trying to trying to block the best pass rusher on the Eagles and it's just I mean it's just not fair and then the second sack that that uh, Hassan Reddick gets where he could have hurt Josh Johnson and actually took the ball away from Josh Johnson was a wide receiver trying to block him. And I know that's part of the, you know, the play action game and all that stuff, but I'm going to tell you something. Football's about matchups and you better make sure you can match up with, if you're going to block that guy by one with one guy, you better be, you better be one of your better pass blockers and not a part-time pass blocker. And if you're going to do it with a part-time pass blocker, you better have two guys assigned to him because that I didn't think was very smart by the 49ers, frankly. And I think it really contributed to them, you know, going back to the Bay and, you know, watching the Super Bowl rather than playing in it. You can't expect players to agree to playing another game and not make adjustments and make grievances. I, I fully agree. I think, I think it needs to be a, an investigation into how they can improve that. Um, can they have someone there that can come in? Because, you know, at one point last night, you're talking about Christian McCaffrey or Cal, or Cal Juszczyk in an NFC championship game for a team that won the NFC West with four different quarterbacks, went in a 12-game winning run. It's it, it really makes you think about that whole situation. But, you ha- like, look, first off, before, before talking about the Eagles, w- what an effort from that Niners team all year. Like, talk about proving people wrong again and again. Quarterbacks for most teams go down. You have them done for the year. You don't see them come back. You don't see teams come back. By God, they gave it a good, a good, good run. Bringing the McCaffrey was a masterstroke. Easy to say that because of the sort of player he is, but it was superb. And for the the draft hall that they brought him in for, I think is top notch. That guy's the best running back in the league by country mile. He's superb. The play he made last night to score that touchdown was just one thing. The Eagles putting up thirty one points. With a Jalen Hurts, a quarterback that is not a hundred percent. If I was Patrick Mahomes, I'd be bricking myself. 
Well, I think I think what's there, there's a couple things with what you said. And I really I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I think the 49ers have nothing to be ashamed about. You know, that, I mean, the injury thing, you can't I mean, that's part of the game. And, you know, you lose two quarterbacks and when you only have two on the roster, what are you supposed to do? And they went out there and, you know, they competed and fought and fought and fought. And then eventually you just get worn out, right? The defense is on the field way too long. Uh, Philadelphia has a bunch of really, really good run blockers up front. I mean, you look at that offensive line, Lane Johnson and and Isaac Sayamalo on the right side, Kelsey as the center. I mean, they are Dickerson at guard. You know, those are my lot at tackle. Those are good football players and, and especially good in the run game. 39 touchdowns, Mike, most in the history of the NFL. Uh, again, you know, this is a legit team in Philadelphia, but I just would have loved to have seen a healthy Brock Purdy the whole game. I would have loved to have seen a, a 49er team at full strength because I thought the makings of the 49er Eagle game, that that was going to be the best game we'd see all year. And it just didn't work out that way. And it didn't work out that way for any other reason than the injury situation. Jeff, but, the funny thing is, Jeff, and I really don't mean to, but I don't mean to cut in here, right? George Kittle. And I think it was Debo as well, had more receiving yards than Dallas Goddard or AJ Brown yesterday. And the Eagles won 31-7. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just bananas. It's bananas. But and we can go into different X's and O's here, but the, the run game. And just the fact that Hurts is that dual threat, I think that's something that's gonna have to be taken into account in two weeks massively because the team is just a beast. It's at a different level. But I, I do think and I, I agree with you. I'm I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed we didn't get to see the game that we wanted to see. I can only imagine, but I was like in the television studio going through the fourth quarter going, oh man, come on, come on. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably it, thanking, it, thanking it, your lucky stars it, that wasn't the late games, yeah. The hard part is, you know, you recognize that the game's over with and, you you know, again, I, I watch football. If it, it didn't matter to me because, you know me, I'm a junkie. I like just watching football. But, you know, for the average fan or the new fan, that's tough when you see a game that lopsided and, you know, where obviously one team can't, you know, Purdy goes in there and I give him credit. He, he had to go back in and he couldn't throw the ball. I mean, he couldn't throw the ball 10 yards. And I think he attempted two passes, completed one screen for like two, two or three yards, but you know, there's no pity. And I, I think this is, this is, this is something fans got to realize. Like there's no pity in football. Right. There was no uh, there were not getting any sympathy from the Philadelphia Eagles. And you saw that in that dust up that occurred later in the game when Williams, Trent Williams got thrown out of the game for throwing a guy down. And and Dominican Sue came in and, you know, I mean, it was the potential for that was there because the 49ers were so frustrated. They were so embarrassed. And the Eagles, frankly, you know, there was some stuff said in the media. And this is why you got to always be careful about what you say in the media. There was some stuff said in the media. I think Kittle made a, made a, made a statement about their defense being a paper defense and they had, nobody's been as physical as them. And can they, you know, hold up to being, you know, playing 60 minutes with, you know, 49er football. And, you know, I, it's all good. 
right? But it's like it's like my grandfather used to say, Mike, it's all good till the rabbit gets the gun. And <laughs> it's not so much <laughs> fun anymore. So, you know, I, I think that the Eagles will be better at the Super Bowl because they'll be, you know, another week more healthy. I still don't think, I, I really don't think Jalen Hurts is 100% yet. I, I, I don't mean to jump out of Jalen Hurts there. At any point last night, did you see the Niners coming back into it? Because it was a point last night where that defense was keeping them in that game big time. And then McCaffrey goes and scores that play, that superb rushing touchdown, really against the odds at one point because you thought he was going to be brought down and he just finds a way to get it in. Now we're seeing tonight that um, Brock Purdy has torn his UCL, which is basically an SEL injury, I guess. He's out for, what, six months? Could you imagine if the Niners had won that game last night? Brock well, Purdy I, out, you know out. There was a time when it was 21-7 where I thought they really still had a chance because they, at one point, they got a stop on defense. Uh, if I think you remember where they almost sacked Hurts for a safety, right? And he got himself out, and they stopped him, and they made him punt from the end zone. And I thought they might get on a short field and be able to get down and get it, you know, get another score. And if they could make it a one score game going into the fourth quarter, that maybe a turnover, something, you know, they'd have to make a big play in the kicking game, but they still had a chance. But when they got down 28 to seven, it was in my opinion over. Cause I just didn't see them. You know, there's only so many miracles that are going to happen in a game and they didn't have any left in the bag. And, you know, again, but, for as frustrated as they've got to be and as hurt as they've got to be to be this close and be that good football team. It was a tremendous year by their coaches, by their players, by the whole organization, by every, everybody in, in, in the faithful, you know, around the world, uh, you know, I hope you're not, you know, embarrassed or licking your wounds because you guys had a hell of a year. And, and I think you'll be a better football team next year when you're healthy. Uh, the other game kind of was more as promised. It was a battle of two really good quarterbacks, Michael. I I think that game, Patrick Mahomes on a high ankle sprain, which is incredibly difficult to play on. It's very painful. Normally it's a six-week injury. He comes back seven days from the injury and goes out and plays. You could see he was still not 100%, but he made enough plays. And, you know, Kansas City faced the same thing at receiver. You know, they lose Scandling. They lose, uh, oh, gosh, I, I, you know, they, they their top three receivers were, went out of the game, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, they're playing with some guys that were practice roster guys that, you know, got added to the roster late. You know, I mean, just um, amazing that they were able to piece that thing together enough to, to eke out a win and it was not a pretty game in any by any stretch of the imagination way too many penalties and I think that's something that the fans you know today on on my Twitter account a lot of the fans were frustrated whether you were a Kansas City fan or not a Kansas City fan a Bengals fan or if you're just a fan of football about the number of penalties and how involved the officials were in that game we had screw-ups where they didn't manage the clock right. They, you know, again, holding, you could call holding every down, and then sometimes they would and sometimes they wouldn't. Um, you know, it, it was just a not not a very 
well-played game, not a very cleanly played game, but it was a highly competitive game. And again, Cincinnati in the end made two fatal mistakes. They punt the ball in the middle of the field, low and flat because he thought he was going to get pressure and all he wanted to do was get it out. And that's not being situationally aware because you got to play the percentages in that deal, Mike. If you have the best quarterback in football and it's a 2020 game, okay, and there's what I think was right about 40 seconds left in that game and the ball's at midfield or close to midfield, if you go out there, do you think the other team's going to try and block a punt in that situation? No, you wouldn't. You know, Why would you take the risk of roughing the punter. We always, we already had one roughing the punter called that in the game. Why would you take the risk of roughing the punter and then give your opponent an automatic first down and advance the ball 15 more yards so that they can go down and kick a field goal and beat you. But the punter caught the snap and took one step and just punted it out of there. Like he was afraid he was, he was under pressure. There was no pressure. He punted it low and flat. Sky Moore, a rookie out of Western Michigan, catches the ball on a run, takes it. And then, Michael, did you see the holding that was going on downfield? They took the left gunner, Kansas <laughs> took, took the left gunner from the Bengals and just threw him on the ground, threw him on the ground, and there was no call. There's so and much to unpox in this game. Well, it's unbelievable. And then, so that's the first mistake. Sky Moore gets the ball back across the center field. And then Mahomes. On third down, scrambles, right? And even if he had gone out of bounds, where, where he was going to go out of bounds, they wouldn't have kicked the field goal from there. It would have been a, almost a 60-yard kick in the cold, right? Yeah. And it was what, there, behold, was what tw- there was, what, 20 seconds left, Jeff, and that happened, wasn't there? Lo and behold, less than that, because the they, after the ball went through, it was three seconds on the, on the play clock, right? I think there's, there's a lot to recap there. But I'm I'm gonna start in this. The game was lost in the first half last night by the Bengals. For me, in what way? In what way? Joe Burrow may have been out there. He may as well have been out there himself behind the offensive line last night. Oh, in, oh, in, in the first half, in the first you quarter? genuinely felt concerned for him. He had no, he couldn't. How he got the ball down the field in certain situations. I think there was a play in third down last night. I was like, how the hell did he do that? Like the blitzing going on, like I mean, the Chiefs' defense, um, Jones and Clark last night were class, but th- that that's one thing. But for Burrow to then come out in the second half and get that game back at twenty twenty with the plays that he made, I think especially on the was was there a a fourth and nine he went for. But for me, the game was lost. Then you cannot go into Arrowhead or Burrowhead as they call it. And look, I I, I wanted the Bengals to win the game. I I think a Bengals Eagles game would have been great crack. Would have been good fun to watch. I just don't think you can go into Arrowhead and just not put up any points bar. Like it wasn't what like six points in the first half or whatever from memory. But Mike, they had eight y- they had eight yards in the first quarter. Eight yeah. yards. Shocking. But that's that is not good enough. And look, they know that. They know that. And like there's so many things you can pick at. The, the one thing I will say is the referees had a nightmare. That last play that you mentioned there now with Mahomes going out of bounds and being pushed. I understand it's a rule. I think as a football fan, I'd say you were sitting there yourself last night, probably tired during that third, fourth quarter like myself. But you see it 2020. 
with that amount of time left, I think any neutral football fan last night's going, give us overtime, give us new rules, let's go, let's go. Five, ten minutes of overtime. And I honestly, I think we were cheated a bit at the end. I just didn't enjoy it. I'm not going to go there because here's the reason why. It's a quarterback, right? And if it was a running back, I might get, I might say, yeah, right? But it's the quarterback. And the rules are so clear about hitting a quarterback. And I'm not – the Osai kid is is going to be a good football player. And I, I, my heart went out to him to see how devastated he was because he knew that that play and, – and they can say all they want. It didn't cost them the game. Well, it did cost them the game, right? Because regardless – the way the game went, that was the most critical play at the most critical time. Now, there were other critical plays, but in the end, they still had a chance to win the football game if he doesn't go. And Patrick was clearly out of bounds. So that that call I get, but there was a, so much inconsistency. Here we go with the officials again. This is the way it, you should never, never, ever have to talk about the officials after the game. Or during the game, right? That's the championship game, Jeff. Michael, they should be anonymous. They should be anonymous, right? Now, Osai, that was so blatant against the quarterback that you had to call it, right? But, you know, there were so many other things that, you know, you know, it, it was amazing. Like, both Shanahan in his game and, uh, Zach in his game, they both were livid at the officials. And, you know, um, it just shouldn't be that way. But anyway, the Chiefs win. Let's talk about that one thing you mentioned, right? You talked about the pass rush and how could the same guys with Weekmore playing together on the Cincinnati offensive line, how could they go out there and be so good and keep Joe Burrow clean for a whole game against the Bills and then come back against uh, the Chiefs and just get steamrolled up front. Here's how, if you if you didn't notice it. And this is where, again, in the studio, when you only have 15 seconds to talk and you don't you can't get up and show it on the on the blackboard or on the on the telestrator. Here's what happened. Spagnolo did a great job. Anytime they got into third down situations and he knew it was a pass down, right? He took out one of the big defensive linemen, right? Nande, the the big kid that plays next to Chris Jones inside the defensive tackle. And he brought in another defensive end. So he played a front where he had three pass rushers and his best pass rusher in Chris Jones. He put all his pass rushers on the field. So when Buffalo, which doesn't do that, just stays with their normal personnel, right? Well, you take, you know, it's a, this game is about matchups all the time. And so when you take, you know, a, a better pass rusher and you put him on a guard who's not used to blocking that kind of speed, you're going to have a chance. And Chris Jones, they put Chris Jones at end. They put him at left end, right end. They put him at left tackle, right tackle. He went wherever they wanted to get him singled up. And he won 
Like he is a dominant player. And it's amazing going into the game, Mike, in all of his playoff appearances, he had no sacks, had never had a sack in the playoffs. And last night, they couldn't block him. The only way they could have stopped him last night is somebody had a 30 out six from the bleachers and, you know, with, with an elephant gun or something. I mean, that that's the only way you could have stopped him because he he beat their guards so bad and so fast that it, I mean, it was, it, it was bad. It was, it was ugly. And you know, that's what playoff football is. Now, the big question with me as we're starting to look ahead to the next one is can that same Kansas city chief defense, one of the things that's always been a problem for the chiefs is what can you stop the run? Right. And think about it. The Chiefs play 4-2 nickel almost every down, right? So they're going to play with a nickel back on the field, not a, not a third linebacker. And I'm afraid in this game that that Eagle – I would give the Eagles the, the, the early nod in this one because of their pass rush on defense and of their ability to run the football against the Kansas City front that – has at times shown that they can, that they'll give up yards on the ground. It's, it's, it's interesting because there, there are so many different angles to the Super Bowl, And that's why you're thankful. And I know you, this, this is actually what you signed off with last night in the sky. You're thankful that Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes for two weeks to get ready. And I think it was either you or Jay Bell said, they'll be fine. Two weeks is, is no time. Or it, It'll be fine. When you've got Boston Scott and when you've got Miles Sanders and when you've got Kenneth Gainwell, you've got a problem if you're Kansas City. You really, really have. And it's, it's one thing, Jeff, you know, taking the emotion out of it and being ready for it in the first, second quarter of the Super Bowl and being fired up. Can that Chiefs defense hold that up for four quarters? I don't know if they can. And... I agree. That's see. Here's the thing. The only way that they're going to be able to hold up is the offense has to score early, and they has to have to get Philadelphia out of their ability to run the ball. They need to get up to a couple scores yeah. and put, put the pressure on Philly because that's what they're built to do, right? They're built to play man coverage in the back end, to blitz you, to give you all kinds of looks, to play two man, to to bring extra rushers in, right? And so. If they, if it's a close game and it's Philadelphia can stay within ten points or a score, and they they have the ability to rotate those backs through, yeah, I think it's going to be a long day for 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 Kansas City, but it's going to be a hell of a football game regardless. I re, I really truly I, believe. I think it could be the best Super Bowl in years. It really really could, or it could be like the Rams and the Patriots a few years ago with, with both defenses. It just depends. But um, yeah, look, I. <laughs> There are so many storylines outside of the Kelsey brothers. So many storylines. So we will. Oh, um, okay, let's 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 go right there. Are you calling this the Andy Reid Bowl? Are you calling this the Kelsey Bowl? What exactly is this? What's going to take center stage for you? I think you go back to the first day of Sirianni came into Philadelphia and the reaction online, and where he is now. I think you look at how Jalen Hurts was treated when he first came into the league and where he is now. I think this is the Eagles' redemption game. I think this is, 
I think this is like Rocky Three or something, or Rocky bro, Four. I think this bro, is massive. Bro, I lived for three years in that town, right? And let me tell you something. Ain't nobody, anybody ever that I can remember that ever had an easy first year with being in Philly. It's like Philly, Philly booed Santa Claus when he, when he showed up. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. They booed and threw snowballs at Santa Claus when he showed up at an Eagles game in December at one time, right? So if they boo Santa Claus, you think Nick Sirianni's exempt? Now, what's changed is Nick Sirianni's become one of them because he's one, right? And New South Philly, where the stadium is, is loaded with Italians. It's a huge Italian community. And right now, Nick Sirianni is Paisan number one in South Philly. They love him there. Now, if he doesn't beat Kansas City, eh, you know, things change fast in Philly. Mike, I think, I think, I think it's funny though because, and we're going way ahead here now. I would question the Giants going into next year with Dable. I really would. I think there's going to be a drop off there unless something drastic happens with their quarterback oh, situation. Get, don't get your don't get. I don't think Mike confuse, McCarthy. Don't all the offensive players in Dallas is a no no. Don't confuse your episodes, my man. We are going to get through every single team, every one of the thirty-two, and we're going to dice them up in the offseason, and we're going to talk about what they need, what's going to happen in free agency, who they need to draw, all of it. And we're going to we're going to. If you're a fan of a team, you got to listen to what we say to you because we're telling you the truth. All right. Now, can we take out a little? Can we take a little time out right now, Mike? Do we have a timeout? Can I call time here? Yeah. I haven't used any of my challenges, so I got timeouts. I need to take a timeout. Go for it. All right. All right. We're back from our timeout. All right. And our word from our sponsor, of which we have none at this time. We got to get that. We got to get that straightened out. But we also have a bunch of questions from the fans. And this is my favorite part. This is the reason that I do this show is to have a chance to converse with the fans and get them involved in the conversation. So Michael, give me a question. Tell me who it's from and where they're from. I have to say, I thought the reason you're doing the show was to chat to me, but okay. I'm joking. Obviously yeah. uh, in, in that sense, guy from the UK, Richard Moorcroft. Um, what do you make of Miami's appointment of Vic Fangio? Now, I will say, Jeff, he's talking about Vic Fangio becoming the new DC of Miami. Multiple, and I only noticed because I'm a big Broncos fan, so I follow a lot of Broncos beat writers. Mike Kliss, who is the 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 soul of Denver media, tweeting last night, there's been no deal done. He texts Vic Fangio himself saying he's, he hasn't decided yet. So, I mean, hypothetically, Jeff, if he was to become the DC of Miami, what do you think? Uh, there's a lot of talk tonight about the Niners. All right, here's what I'm thinking. Right now, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. First of all, and this is man, there's there's so many things to unpeel on this one. But first of all, this is a problem when this is what happens when guys go to sources, right? And all these guys that have all this pressure to break stories, and that's how they, you know, that's I get it, right? I get it, but they sometimes try and connect dots and create a lot. Well, this is going to happen now, right? Well, you got to be careful with that because until a contract signed, it's doesn't mean anything. My understanding is that Fangio is there's 
concern in San Francisco about losing Demeco Ryan's to Houston. So I, Jeff, you, I think he's gone by the end of the week. Genuinely, okay, uh, that may be. But and let's let's just this is you got to put yourself in Shanahan and uh, Lynch's situation, right? You're potentially going to lose your defensive coordinator. You're trying to find you. You know you have a Super Bowl ready team, right? So you need it's you know is it worth the risk? to elevate a guy on your staff that's never done it. Uh, to me, that's too big a risk with the football team you have, right? You need to bring in a guy that has been there, done it, won, understands, the, has NFL background, all that stuff. Fangio's the best one out there, in my opinion, right now, right? So what may be holding up the deal in Miami is he's waiting to see what's going to happen in San Francisco. Now, I agree with you. Everything that I've heard is Demeco's going to Houston. That's where he played. He was a captain there, all that stuff. Second round draft choice, yada, 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 right? But you know that San Francisco is working hard to keep him number one. And if they can't keep him, they're working hard to find the next best alternative for their football team, right? So that's what makes Vic Fangio such a hot ticket right now as to the point where he may become the highest paid coordinator in football that's that's the word now what do i think about big fangio i if i was miami i would fly the private jet to wherever he's at right now and i I'd, I'd get a limo and i'd be sitting on his doorstep to get him to come to Miami because the, the dolphins are very, very close, right? Under Boyer, I thought they, you know, I liked what a lot of things Josh Boyer did. I, there was some really good stuff in there, but they became a one trick pony. If they didn't blitz you, if they couldn't blitz you into submission, they couldn't play defense. Fangio has a scheme based on playing a shell defense covered, you know, what everybody's calling shell now is just a cover two look and then getting you multiple ways to attack you. It's a multiple three, four scheme. I think it fits the personnel he's got. It would help the DBs that they have there. It, you know, the Holland kid that's a safety, I think is going to be an all pro every year with in that system. So I think it's a great get for the Dolphins. But certainly, if the Mecco leaves San Francisco, I think it's a tremendous, tremendous hire for San Francisco. So, Mick will be coaching somewhere. I just don't know. I can't tell you exactly where yet. Let's take a couple more questions before I fall asleep and fall into my lab. Wait a second now. That's, this is our show. You're supposed to be like, how could you're going to fall asleep on our show? No, I. Been, I mean, you, man, we've been up all night last night. Are you, are you not exhausted? It's 11 o'clock on a Monday night. I get, you know what? I was I was dead tired until I sat down to do this. And then we started talking football. And you know how I love talking football with you, Michael? I, I you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm messing. It's, 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 it's been a long one. I have to say some, some, some great questions here. Fred Flunk, who says he's, uh, he said to me on Twitter, 
he's buying you you and me a, a Guinness on Friday night. Whoa, I, whoa, 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 whoa. I very whoa. much look forward to that. I don't know what your issue is with Guinness. That, that that's a different podcast conversation there. I'm gonna have to bring that up in Dublin because I I, I don't know. I don't know what's you're going gonna on. Get, you're gonna get you run you're gonna get me run out of Ireland. Right, you'd be grand. Sure, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you to the airport the next morning anyway. You'd be grand. Um, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, like Vic Fangio, there's no limo, so I, I wish there was. Um, <laughs> he's he's asking obviously about, about, about the Cowboys, he's a big Cowboys fan from Dublin. Um, how is McCarthy still in charge in Dallas? Most of his backroom staff being torpedoed, obviously. Um, Callum Moore going to the Chargers today. The big question he wants to know is, can he survive a slow start next season? I would say, Jeff, I'm going to jump in on your show and say this. There has to be a reason Don Quinn's there still. Well, I think that's that's the speculation will be there about that. And, you know, Jerry's not, you know, he's he's had a history of doing backyard moves. I mean, he Jason Garrett took the job, at, was a coordinator on offense, had a chance to go to Miami. He stayed in Dallas with the promise that, you know, when, when Wade moved on, he was going to be the head coach. And I don't, I think, I don't know if Wade was aware of that promise when it was made initially, then within a year, I think Wade was gone and Jason was the head coach. So there is some history there. I think that, you know, this is interesting. Now I've been told McCarthy's going to take over the play calling duties right now. He's done that. He did that in green Bay. I think, he can handle it. I know that, you know, Quinn having Quinn on the defensive side and bones on as a special teams coach, you know, that that'll help him with that. My question is how are they going to get the quarterback fixed? Right. Because you look at it, Dallas is going to go into a state of transition real soon. What are you going to do with Zeke? Right. Now he said he'll take a pay cut. To I, stay. Think he's gone. I, I agree with you. Because I think he's done. I think he's at the end of his career. You got your best back, your best offensive player probably is coming off a broken leg. And we got, you know, who knows how that's going to go. Um, you need another one or two receivers. You know, Michael Gallup has been, you know, hot and cold. T.Y. Hilton was had moments. But, you know, again, is he a two or a three? You know, and C.D. Lamb you know, needs help. He needs more guys. You know, Dalton Schultz, I think is a good tight end. Their offensive line is getting better. It has to get healthier, but this is a team that if the quarterback who turned the ball over way too many times can limit disaster plays and get back to what he was when you gave him a $40 million a year contract, then I think you got a chance. Let's take one more question here. Jeffrey, um, Rob Milner from the UK. And um, if the Lions had snuck into the... Pl- hmm? What is it with these? Why don't you say where you're from in the UK? If I could reach out to Rob right now and find out, I'd, I'd, I'd guess. I'm going to guess Liverpool. If the Lions had snuck into the playoffs this year, how far could they have gone, Jeff? Now, can I just... Say this first off, they would have what played the Niners. Mm-hmm. I think they would have beat them. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> get out of here! You are you. You have been having too much Guinness. No, I think here dry January, Jeff. If only. Yeah, I think that the Lions could score 
enough to make most games competitive. Where the Lions have to improve, in my humble opinion, as a reborn Lions fan, um, is they got to get the defense fixed, right? You know, they gave up way too many yards, way too many points. There's some good players. They've got some pretty good players. They need help in the secondary, you know, and you can always use more big people, more good big people. Now, the good thing is this draft, and we're going to talk about the draft later, but this draft has both of those things in the first round, and the Lions have two first-round picks, Mike. So they should be able to help. You know, there was a lot of speculations that the Lions would take a quarterback you know, the Jared, Jared Goff was going to be the bridge guy. I think Jared Goff has proven that in that system that they run and they can't, they were able to keep their offensive coordinator, that he's, he's a, he's a top half of the NFL quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He's a top half guy, but their defense is so bad right now and needs so much work that, and can they win that division next year? Yes. If, especially if, if, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers is not in mm. Green Bay, right? And, you know, Minnesota has still got to show that they can fix their defense. Chicago's on, you know, a long way away yet. So the Lions could take that step, but they got to get the defense fixed. So I would take two, I would take two players in the first round. I'd take the best corner I could find and the best big guy I could find. Right, let's round up this podcast here because I am fading so bad, man. Fading so bad. <laughs> but let's um let's let's no genuinely let's let's rain check this for now and then let's either in Dublin or before we go to Ireland or before you go to Ireland. I'm in Ireland at the minute. Uh, let's let's do an NFL honors episode. Let's talk MVP, stuff like that there. Um I have a bit of crack before next week. Before we go to Arizona, the first round is on you in Arizona, my friend. Yes, it is. And uh, the last round will be on me in Arizona, too. And between that, between that, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to send back stuff every day to the fans, kind of a, a travel journey of what it's like with you and me hanging out on Radio Row and all the people we're going to meet. I think also, Michael, also that uh, when we get together and do this again, we ought to do a little bitty live segment from the shows this weekend so that the fans know how much fun we have when we take this this creation that we call a podcast on the road. I think what we're going to do, I think at, at a minimum, we are going to try and do a video of Dublin. It is TBC. But, you know, we will be back. If it doesn't happen, we'll be back. Jeff, um, I'm going to go to my Leva, which is bad in Irish. But uh, I will chat to you soon, my friend. Fine, thanks for doing this on a Monday night. It's good All fun. right, my man. It's great talking with you. I'll see you later this week. And next time I guess I'll see you is we're going to be in the Emerald Isle. Until that time, it's Aloha. Aloha.